Calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's show. We have the wonderful Michelle Mercier today with us. Michelle is a business strategy coach and is also the host of the Resilient Entrepreneur podcast. It debuted on iTunes at number 15 in the entrepreneur category and cracked the top 100 in other countries across the globe. She has 20 years of corporate and professional experience. Michelle has worked with a wide range of different businesses from nationally acclaimed nonprofits to major corporations like PayPal. Today, she primarily works with entrepreneurs small to medium businesses and executives to help them grow and maintain long-term success. She loves leveraging her years of experience and expertise to help bring individuals and companies to the next level. Welcome, Michelle. Yeah, welcome, guys. Hi. So happy to be here. Back for another episode. Yes, we're so glad to have you back. Yes. (laughs) So it's so good to have you back. Let's jump right in. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So how did you go from corporate life to being a successful entrepreneur? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I probably have to back up even one step before that. Um, Please do. In that I was originally a theater and music major. So hmm. the fact that I ended up in corporate was a surprise to a lot of people, including myself. <laughs> you know, so I was, I was a singer. I was an actress. I had an agent. I did all sorts of things like that right out of college. And then I decided to maybe try to make money. Because sometimes right. that's a good thing right? right? Oh, um, money. So I, went, I went to grad school to manage nonprofits in the arts sector, which, by the way, you also sometimes don't make money at. Yeah. So, but I learned a ton because essentially it was like an MBA, but in the nonprofit world. So nice. I'm always super business minded, even about like my creativity. So I'm kind of that mix of right and left brain. So I was running a nonprofit where I live here in Hudson, Mass. And, you know, they lost funding. So at that point, it was kind of like, do I go find another nonprofit and hope that they don't lose funding? Mm. Or I decided to jump into the corporate world. So I spent almost a decade there kind of working my way up primarily in um, operations and email marketing. And I really liked it. But I was also kind of of the mindset then that I would kind of have it all be it all do it all, um, regardless of what was going on and a ton of trying to prove myself over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I burned out really hard because I was running the PayPal EU team. So I was in the office starting at like 5, 530 in the morning. And I didn't sign off until, you know, Asia Asia Pacific would come on, you know, whatever time at night that is. So I did that for a really long time through the birth of my first child. And then, you know, finally had kind of gotten off of it. And our business unit got sold. And 
I was out and I was outsourced, right? My role was cut while I was on the tail end of maternity leave with my second son. And, you know, both of you guys know my, my kids are medically complicated or they were. So I had a choice at that point, whether or not I went, you know, back into a nice, cushy six figure job at the time that would stress Mm -hmm. the hell out of me, or if I would jump, you know, jump to entrepreneurship and, you know, I didn't really like myself at the point that point in time. Like I said, theater and music kid. So running tech teams wasn't exactly right. You know, it's not that I don't love it because I do. I do love that too. But it wasn't. It wasn't very true to me. Yeah. So I just felt like entrepreneurship was was a really good fit because then I get to pick what I want to do, whether it's be creative or be technical or all of the above. So that's mm-hmm. kind of a nutshell of a journey. That's a. Uh... That's a journey. <laughs> and even as a theater major, you can't act your way through corporate. If you're not happy, you're not happy, right? No. Yeah. Well, right. And I think so many, in, or if you do it, you can only do it for so long. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I think, I think there's been a shift in the corporate landscape somewhat where they're understanding that people are people and not just numbers, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that was not necessarily the case then. And I, I lost parts of myself throughout that part. But also I was known as the fixer, right? I was the person that they would bring in when, when shit was broken or, you know, the PayPal EU thing specifically, I was brought on to, to fix for an operational excellence exercise. So I was kind of tired of fixing yeah. <laughs> everything and thought it was probably time to maybe fix myself. Yeah. Too. Very wise. Very wise. Yeah. Yes. Right. I think that with the pandemic, I think there's definitely been a shift in corporate away, you know, maybe more towards understanding that people are people. But sadly for us, corporate dropouts, that wasn't the case even five years ago. You know, Um, I think it. But how short will their memories be, too? You know, who knows what it's going to look like in a year. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading an article because I'm giving giving a presentation for a company next week. And it's about like work life balance or integration or whatever that looks like. And somebody, one of the contacts just sent me an article about, you know, the next phase, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is this the hybrid phase? Because companies are realizing, oh, well, if people can work from home, do we want to pay the overhead? You know, and then also people require the flexibility. So they're going to have to refigure it out. And this next chapter as well, as people do a hybrid model. So it's, it's interesting to watch. Yeah. Hopefully 50 years from now, people will go, what? You went to an office exactly. five days a week and sat with a yeah. hundred other people and ew. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of right? sitting at like, home. Yeah. Or sitting wherever you want to sit. I think right. that's the thing, right? Like I have friends that moved to, um, just up and moved to like a different state or like, who is it? Right. Kayla MacArthur, our friend, Kayla MacArthur. She's in Mexico or wherever she is right now. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah if you, totally if you don't need to be physically somewhere, then go be happy somewhere. On the exactly. beach, on an island, on your own island, as long as you have Wi-Fi. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't it be really great to be snowbirds like at, at our age? I mean, we yeah. typically would think we have like 20 years to go. I mean, you know, that's maybe not the same for people with children, but, you know, and you have to wait till the, they graduate. But like, I guess. then you could be a snowbird, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that I think a lot of people found during the pandemic is that if their kids were remote, it really didn't right. matter where they were from. Right. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think as we all know, like people are shooting for that stuff younger and yeah. younger. Whereas before it was very much the, 
the mindset of work until you can enjoy your life with retirement. Now it's do them at the same time because why not? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's about that time freedom aspect of things. And that's why there's so many entrepreneurs right now. Right. A boom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How important is self-care for business owners, like especially solopreneurs where you're by yourself or, you know, they, it, it is a lonely profession. You're not, you don't have coworkers. Most people, I have a biz bestie, as they say with Melissa, but a lot of people don't. So how, yeah. how important is it? And is there a definition of self-care even? Yeah. You know, I, it's interesting. I was just trying to talk about this topic the other day and well, number one, like I'm a big fan of many folks have probably heard me say that self-care is a business strategy, mm-hmm. especially if you're a solopreneur. Cause you know, and I struggle with this all the time because I have a lot of autoimmune issues and my body just kind of decides what it's going to do. Like, I don't know, every day <laughs> and it right. could be different. So, you know, if, if I'm not functioning, my business isn't functioning. And if I don't have space to be creative, then my business isn't going to, I'm not going to be able to innovate. So I think sometimes self-care is framed as bubble baths and massages and, you know, kudos. I freaking love those too. Like I'm not going to turn one away, but at the same <laughs> time, I think self-care can be, especially for business owners, boundary setting. It can be, you know, I've now put in play where I'm giving myself an untouchable day on Wednesdays where, you know, it's for me to decide what I'm going to do that day, not for my calendar to dictate what I'm doing that day. Um, So I think it's extremely important for business owners and whether you have employees or you don't, on some levels, if you have employees, like you should be taking that maybe even more serious because you have people that are dependent upon you as well. And it's, and it for a lot of women who I think a lot of the times you hear like, Oh, put your oxygen mask on first, like easier Mm -hmm. said than done sometimes folks. But if you frame it in the manner of your business will go under, if you're not functioning or you're potentially, you know, impacting your employees by not taking care of yourself, maybe then people will be a little bit more prone to, to do it. We've found boundaries for sure are mm-hmm. important, especially as business owners, because we do try to do everything. And, yeah. you know, at, just as humans and as women, I think that's normal to try to do everything you can to help. But sometimes it's like, okay, where is my oxygen mask? It hasn't yeah. fallen from the ceiling yet. Exactly. And it's not going to unless you pull it down from the ceiling, guys. Like, unless you're on a plane, like obviously right. they fall then, but you know, you have to actively search out your damn oxygen mask to be, yeah. to be quite frank. And, you know, and as for kind of the doing everything for yourself, I'm so guilty of that. And you guys know that. So, <laughs> but at the same time, like there has to also be a point as a business owner where you detach your self-worth from the outcome of your business. And if you're doing every single individual piece of it, that's going to be really hard to yeah. do. Very true. It is because you feel like, especially if you say no to someone, you feel like, oh, I'm really letting them down. But that's not true. No. I mean, today I was just a minute. Yeah, they'll get over it and they'll find mm-hmm. somebody else to ask. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast today where the woman was saying how she's really busy. Like this person's like hyper competent, always busy. So people would be afraid for help. 
But then she would, the flip side of that was like, no, 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 I'm the one who's in charge of my boundaries. She's Mm -hmm. like, so by you just deciding not to ask me for help, you're making a decision about my Mm -hmm. boundaries when I should be the one like saying like, yes, I can do that. No, I can't do that. You know, so oftentimes there's a lot of external impactors that kind of dictate it for us when it really should be Mm. us. That's a really good point. We do that. We'll say, well, you know, I'm not going to ask. She's way too busy. Let her decide if she's too busy. That's a really good way to look at it. Yeah. No, I was thinking about that. I had to once tell somebody that when they didn't want to ask for help. And I, and I said to them, well, because I had heard about don't take away my opportunity to give. You know, it's like the Mm -hmm. same thing. Like, I want to give you, you know, help, but you're taking away my opportunity to give because you're not asking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have clients. It's built into your package, 24-7 email support, (laughs) you know, except for holidays and weekends and vacations, but, and also SOS calls. And they'll still be like, oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't want to bother you. So I didn't call. And I'm like, no, 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 you paid to, to bother me. Like, so I will tell you if it's a bother, but you, you don't have to worry about that. That's not yours to own. Right. Good advice. So on that note, could you tell us a little bit about how you work with your clients? Yeah, of course. So I look at everything with clients, especially business owners or just businesses in general as, you know, my first step when I go in with somebody is doing kind of a current state analysis, right? Like where is everything at? Like I ask a ton of questions, you know, where are all the bodies buried? What does your money look like? Yeah. What are you doing for marketing? <laughs> you know, where are your processes? How are your employees? Like, you know, soup to nuts. I want to get a really clear picture of what the current state looks like so that we can then turn around and, you know, map the ideal state. Like, What does that one look like? Because if you don't understand the current state, which I think sometimes people are so um, desperate to get away from the current state and to Mm -hmm. fix it or to change Mm -hmm. it, that they don't look at, you know, what's right in front of them. But if you don't analyze it and kind of come face to face with it, then you're not going to be able to, you know, take as quick and impactful action as maybe you'd like to take to move right. to the ideal. That's kind of what I do in a nutshell. And we meet, you know, weekly, every week, and I'm your accountability partner. I'm sometimes, you know, I like to say that I'm a business coach and or consultant because a coach mm. will tell you how to get to the water, but won't teach you how to drink it. Mm. But, you know, a consultant is just going to tell you here are the steps because sometimes that's just easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes that's what people want, right? Just tell yeah. me I need to drink water. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't need the directions to get there, but it's good that you can adapt and do both. You yeah. Know? I mean, I, I learned that in grad school because one of our, like our, our kind of capstone project was to go into a company or go into a nonprofit and dissect it and give recommendations back. And, you know, the first rule of kind of consulting and really coaching in general um, is listen first, always, you know, Mm -hmm. so I ask a lot of questions and I listen a lot before I give a recommendation or anything like that, because I know that whatever I say, people are paying for, and it could quite possibly alter the trajectory of something. So I take that very seriously and make sure that I'm doing a lot of listening first. Yeah, that makes sense. It does. All right, let's see. Back to uh, leadership. <laughs> Not going back to self-care because we went there. I already asked that question. Leadership. You did. Leadership. So we have seen a lot of change, like we spoke of earlier, 
over the past year. What are you noticing? Are you noticing that business owners are stepping up? How are they adapting? Are, are you seeing people struggle or are you seeing like a natural leader coming out of these business owners? I mean, I think it's a mixed bag. I think it depends, you know, <laughs> let me back up. I think the situation that we've been dealt over the last year, it's very much, I always come back to the phrase, like same storm, different boats, mm-hmm. right? So depending on how your your business was going in, depending upon, you know, the the personal load that you were dealing with, you know, I've seen business owners at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone lost their fucking minds, right? Like, <laughs> so which, true. it makes sense. Like I had clients going berserk like every other hour, which is fine. I was also doing the same thing to my mm-hmm. coach. But then now is a funny time because after it seemed like there was a hyper focus on crossing the new year, right? I saw more emphasis on setting your goals and slaying the year and all of this hyper focus on that that I've seen in a lot of years. But then people kind of got to February, everyone crashed, a lot mm-hmm. of people crashed. And now I think people are kind of maybe it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe it's you know um, a little bit of hope or whatever it may be, but people are still, they're still adjusting. And I think they will be for the foreseeable future. But I think now you can see the the difference between leaders who are in it for themselves and leaders who want to lead because they give a shit about their people. Right. Right. Because there are, there's leaders who understood the mission and leaders who were able to pivot because they internalized that mission. You really understood that mission, right? I spoke to, um, what is her name? She's going to Antonia Hawk. We were just speaking about her, who's over at the Ritz Carlton. And, and the reason why she was able to keep people employed was because as a leader, she knew in crisis action, timely action is key. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of people who are able there, they've kind of adapted to this ability to pivot. And I hate that word at this point in this journey, but I don't know what <laughs> other word to use. Adjust, <laughs> calibrate. I don't know. Mm, calibrate. You know, yeah. Calibrate might be a good one. So, but I think it all comes back to kind of resilience in a sense of you have to be able to embrace the spectrum of emotions that comes with every little piece and then move forward. Like yeah. good, bad, ugly. It's not all fucking rainbows and happiness. Um, but it, and it's okay to be sad as a mm-hmm. leader too. Like that's just you're human. Yeah, you just had an episode actually, right? About just sitting yeah. in your kitchen and letting it go, yeah. letting it all go. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is if you are someone listening to this and you are a leader, it's been a really tough year to lead through. Like spoken from first, ex- first, <laughs> first mm-hmm. person experience, you know, because you're, you're trying to hold space for everybody else's emotions, your family, your members, your employees, your this, your that, your community. But at some point in time, that dam's going to crack. Like, so you need to be mindful going back to our self-care conversation. Like you need to honor your own emotions with it too, because you're going to be no good to anybody if you crack. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just have to be yeah. mindful of that. You know, it's without a doubt been very character building. Mm-hmm. You know? um, yep. I think, you know, what you said, there are two types of leaders, like through this whole thing, you know, the ones who see the mission and can pivot through it and the ones that <laughs> calibrate. don't calibrate the ones we see, we see people for who they are now. 
Yes, like you when do. they show their leadership style, you know. Yes, we do. Kind of, yes, they kind of do. could hide before. You can't right. now. No, because crisis brings out the true kind of person. And I remember when all of this started, my coach said to me, you know, Michelle, do you, you want to like lead by example here, you know, or do you want to, and me, cause I'm, I'm guilty. All of us know of like just powering through, like, I'll just get it all done, you know? And to a sense, like that's my coping mechanism for stuff, but people are looking to others, especially leaders to give them permission to slow down or permission to kind of put your foot on the gas or put it on the brake, depending on your flow. So if you're not leading by example on some of that and, you know, you, and your shadiness has been revealed, let's say, then, yeah. you know, I don't know what to tell you when you come out the other side, hopefully you've learned a lesson, mm -hmm. right? You can't Absolutely. hide during a pandemic. No, you cannot. Well, I mean, technically you can't because you can't go that's out anywhere. Right. That's true. <laughs> you bring up a valid point. No, but leading, leading through crisis, definitely, um, it, it takes a certain person and it's, and people aren't stupid. Yeah. Right. Either. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Now, do you think, and this is, oh, sorry, Melissa, I'm jumping on what your, what I know your next question <laughs> is, but <laughs> that's okay. can, can these leaders be taught or is it just in you that this is the type of leader you are or can you, is there hope? Yeah, I think there's, there's always hope. Right. Like, I mean, I always look at it. Same thing as if you're hiring an employee, they either have to have the will or the skill. Right. They have to have the will to learn and the will to evolve and the will to change or the skill to pull it off. Right. So I think some of these some of the, the leaders obviously can learn, but they just they have to have a really kind of good sense of self-awareness, mm. let's say. That's right? true. If they don't have that, then they're not going to they're not going to be able to kind of see what's what's in front of them. Yeah. They can't see the forest for the trees. Exactly. Ding, ding, that ding. That was great, that. Melissa. <laughs> I know. Exactly. So I, I actually meant to ask you this sooner, but I like to ask people, what are, what's your favorite business book? Yeah. So number one, there's way too fucking many. So yeah. <laughs> because right now, also hosting the podcast, I'm, get, I'm having guests that, are, that write books. So now they're yeah. sending them to me and now I'm like, oh, shit. I have more books yeah. to read. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I have to give, I'm going to give a shout out to the one I'm reading right now, which is Professional Troublemaker, which Ooh. I'm kind of in love with. It's by, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. You can just look it up. Profes um, Professional Troublemaker. Brilliant, brilliant author, hysterical, and just makes some really great points. I mean, beyond that, anything by Brene Brown, it's obviously a good thing. You, you know, and then uh, the four agreements, you know, kind of the standards. Um, Lonesome yeah. Dove. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those are good ones. And we'll put a uh, professional troublemaker in the show notes for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. With the, with the author's name. I'm sure Melissa is Googling it right now. Yeah. She's the official Googleologist. Cannot believe it. Lovey. Yes. Yes. Lovey Ajayi Jones. Yeah. She's fantastic. And she's hysterical. <laughs> Even better. We like that. Yeah. We yeah. love hysterical troublemakers. <laughs> she's a professional troublemaker. <laughs> so where can people find you online? Yeah. So you can find me at createhonesty.com. You can also find me on basically all the platforms, but IG, Clubhouse, Twitter, Clubhouse. and Facebook. 
are at Create Honesty, and then LinkedIn's my name. And then if you want to check out the podcast, it is The Resilient Entrepreneur. And you are knocking on the door of 100 episodes, if I may say. Yeah, yeah. It I flies even, by, doesn't it? It's, a, it's insane. I think I'm about to pass, hopefully in the upcoming month or so, 10,000 downloads or something. Crazy town. Like That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Listen crazy. to the like, or now it's follow, follow, subscribe, <laughs> leave a review, download this pod that podcast it's michelle's podcast is great so it's check it out unbelievable she's got some good guests too yeah you did you know itunes at 15 like number 15 like so quickly that's unbelievable yeah i don't know it was insanity she she kicked (laughs) out the door i know i remember that day like every every time you were on facebook i was like yes yes (laughs) you can do it I know. And I was like hyperventilating in a corner somewhere crying <laughs> and then getting on Facebook like, we're good. Hi, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine. It was it's crazy. You know, and I'm really I'm just really grateful for people like you guys and everyone else who supports it. So it's really great. It's fun. It's yes. a fun time. I'll 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 say that it's uh, doing these podcast episodes is not work for sure. So at least <laughs> at least yet. Uh, we'll talk to you after we get to 100. And I know. See. I was like, talk to me after a lot of yeah. them. No. revisit that well thank you so much for coming back uh it's great to have you on the first time and now this episode and if you missed her first episode you have to go way back to uh our first launch day and give a listen so um yeah thank you so much and thanks for joining us today everybody and we will be back next week any parting words miss bergio bye All right. We'll leave it at that. Everyone have a great day. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at MergioEnterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.